37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. This week we're getting out our talons into a tale full of heart as we discuss classic number 59, 2021's Raya and the Last Dragon. I haven't really got anything clever to say today. I'm Chris Fletcher. Six years of searching and we end at a literal shipwreck. I'm Lucy Rain. I have Disney Plus Premier Access. Hello children, I'm Hugh Rain. Now, Lucy, <laughs> we've, we've just restarted our recording now, but yet again, I thought that you swore at the point when you said shipwreck. Thing is, because <laughs> you put it in my brain last time, I, ne- I nearly did swear that time, but it is the power of suggestion. It sounded you know when worse that says, time. Did it? it was, huh, huh. I was, I was <laughs> try- fighting the urge, fighting the urge. I'm going I'm to say for listeners, mm-hmm. as, uh, as we're kicking off, uh, that we're also recording this for YouTube, so if at any point we forget to uh, describe you know what we're doing it's go find idiots. it watch it yeah yeah but you can that. just watch it on youtube but then we're also but, idiots you know, because I, I, I don't like don't like to neglect the listeners no you, you know, you're right you always think about the, that you they're the ogs <clears throat> yeah you're right you're right um and uh we're already idiots because uh i forgot to press start recording on the video um when we started the show six minutes ago so we've had to go back and now we're back to doing what we've already done again. It's all um, right. Bad yeah. dress rehearsal, good show. Pretending yeah, to laugh at the I... same jokes the mm-hmm. second time. Yeah. Now, the other thing that's a bit different is that I've got the music in front of me here for the various different bits today. So when it gets to the musical interludes, we're actually going to play them and dance along or whatever it is that happens. So uh, yeah. as we go into, for instance, the history in a minute, which Lucy's going to tell us all about because she's been researching hard on this, uh, on this fantastic film, um, there'll be music to play as well. Good then, isn't it? Shall I do that? It is. Shall we just yeah. jump into it? Why not? Let's go for it. Yeah. All right. We're going to go history then. Here we go. It's time to dig a little deeper to learn some Disney stuff. Dig a little deeper. No, we ain't dug this far enough. Dig down deep into the facts. We'll find out what we need. Lucy will school us, guaranteed. Open up the windows. Ching, ching, Light in the light. Ching, children. Ching, ching. <laughs> yeah, I still enjoy that. that is <laughs> I enjoyed it when the, the first time when we were recording and I wasn't recording and I enjoyed it this time too. And we said some very nice things about it, but I can't be bothered doing that again. No, but that's I do, fine. <laughs> I do enjoy that jingle in particular. Yes. yes. So Lucy, what can you tell us? Well, uh, I sat down, I don't often do the, the history in the background for the new cinema release films no. because there's generally not a lot to say. I did sit down to do this one this afternoon. I did a little bit of reading and then was like, you know what, I'm not going to bother again because it was very much someone had an idea for a story, uh, for a film, they wrote the film, they made the film, now we have a film. It was that. (laughs) We do know that it was delayed release um, because of COVID-19. That's Mm -hmm. something we're all aware of and it ended up Premier Axis. This is the second uh, Disney Plus well, Disney film to end up uh, premiere access on mm. Disney Plus. It might not be the last. Twice I've been disappointed by after paying <laughs> twenty pounds. 
And in oh. one of them, the, the, all the dragons had died, and in the other one, they didn't bother putting the dragon into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lucy's looking uh, like she's expecting uh, her to <laughs> like it and us to, you know, be fighting we'll against see. her. We'll see. It's going to we'll be see. interesting. But one thing that did pop out at me when I was doing the uh, research is that the, the co-director of this has is Carlos Lopez Estrada. Zero animation background whatsoever. He's a live-action film director, but the majority of his... He does music videos, right? ...back catalogue has been in music videos and things like that. So it'd be interesting to know how he got... This is this is us playing playing with the the fact that we've recorded it twice. I didn't know that before. I didn't know that. Can I just say that when I was a kid, my parents had a, a Fiat car, um, and it was called Estrada. So when you say... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever his name... What's his name again? Carlos Lopez Estrada. So I'm I, I'm thinking of Carlos Lopez's car. Is is car. who directed this? Well, and it's a car. We it's had a, car. a larder. Carlos. We had a larder. We had we had a larder, which also works. Carlos Lopez's larder. We had <laughs> a uh, we had a Fiat Panda followed by a Seat Marbella. <laughs> this is what you tune in for. Marbella, Marbella, Seat oh, Marbella. You should ding yourself there because you said Marbella. Oh, there we got the we got the bell in. That's good. So cool. yeah, we can tick Don that Hall, off the things that we have to include in the episode. Don Don Hall, who was the uh, di- uh, director Moana, along with uh, Clements and Musker. So he he's got form. He's well <laughs> in there. He's a Disney vet. Um, but yeah, his co-director was brought over from the live action thing. So it'll be interesting to see whether we think that had an impact. Mm. 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 Um, also, a lot of the screenwriters and. Um, Story developers were also um, from live-action backgrounds. Now, you say a lot of the screenwriters, right? I noticed that there were a couple of main ones on the credits, and then on the next screen it said uh, story by, and I think there were eight names. But then I noticed in uh, further down the credits it said additional story, and I counted nine or ten more names. Now, Oof. are there really this many people working on it? Because that's too many, and you can you can feel it. I think. Well, I'm looking on IMDb at the moment, so I can verify this for you. And or imbd. Imbd. And um, imbd. four of the four of the story by credits are the director and the co-director and the two assistant directors. So I think, as is often the case of animation, a lot of that will have just come organically through the storyboard. So it's where those process. directors said, "No, I don't want him to say that. He's going to say it slightly different." And say, yeah, all right, or, that's a good idea, and we'll give you a writing credit. Well done. Or someone says, "How about that? It breaks into four pieces instead of five. Or, you know what I mean? It comes through the it comes through the process, doesn't it? And so they get a story credit. But there is only mm. two screenplay credits, which is unusual for animation because it is, like you say, Hugh, it's very common to have fifteen people working Thousands on screenplay. Of them. Uh, and Adele Lim was one of the originals um, brought on at the beginning of the development, I do know, and then uh, she was joined later on by um, Key... How do you say that? Uh, key Guyan. Uh, yeah. A Key Guyan. Guyan. Like a silent key M. Key Guyan. 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 So, I mean, that's uh, unusual in itself to have a screenwriter through from beginning to end. Yeah. So, yes. yay. I like there it in the uh, credits where it's, uh, you, you know, it says, like, based on an original thought that this yeah. guy once had, 
in his garden. Yeah. Do you know when someone goes, hey, you should do a film about like frogs, but they're knights? And then that, that's his only input. Night but frog. Then he gets, but then he gets a credit. And <laughs> probably a hell of a lot of money as well, if mm. it's Disney. Yeah. Based on a concept by The Intern. <laughs> mm. Right, so, so that's, that's what I got. Okay. Well, that's nice and succinct and, and short, isn't it? Um, mm. Hugh, would you like to tell everybody what we do on this show? Well, uh, people, what we like to do is we break it down. We talk about the film in terms of the story. Mm. And then we talk about it in terms of the animation. And mm. then we talk about it in terms of the music and sound effects. Yes. Um, and we split that into ten points each. So yes. that gives a grand total. Ten points each times three in three rounds is ninety. Now, well what yes. would be handy is to get up to 100. So we give those final 10 points to Lucas and Bonnie. And we can find out, actually, now, um, as they summarise the story, what score they gave it. We just watched Raya and the Last Dragon. So, it's about this girl called Raya, and she's trying to bring the world back to life. So, her, like, father invites all everyone else in the world to this pie, but they all went and they broke the gem, and then each of them had a part. And Rhea has to collect all the pieces of gems so she can bring, bring everybody back. They all turned into stone because of a creature. There's an animal called Tuk-Tuk, and at the start, it's like a little one that you can put in your hand, but then it goes six years after, and it's a big one that you can ride! So she gets the first one from Tail, then the next one from Spine, then the next one from Talon, and then she got the one from Fang. Then... They're in this pit and they need one person to do it. So Raya gives it to the person from Fang and then they each got went to get turned to stone. And then until the person was Fang, from Fang was left, she made them all into the ball and then she got, went to get turned into this, to stone and then it used its powers to stop everything. At the end, everybody comes back and... And everybody gets to see the family again. The end. My favourite bit is when the baby is jumping on the monkeys and it's using the piece of gem. When the baby throws a nappy, it shows its bum. And then she goes... My favourite bit was probably at the end because all the dragons were really cool when they were and it was very cool. My favourite bit was the star. Uh, I just like it all. My favourite character is the baby. Probably Raya. My favourite character was Sisu. Sisu, the dragon, um, her magic is she's a very good swimmer. There is not really much music to choose from. I would give it a four out of five. I would give it... A four out of five again. A five out of six. Daddy, yeah. what's your favourite part? What was my favourite part? Yeah. I liked the end. Okay. 
And also my favourite beer was the Anders Frank. Oh. And the front is my favourite And the front. You like yeah. the front. What about the back? Did you like the back? Yeah, it's very like it. The back. The back and the front and the start and the end. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. right. I, I think we should keep some of that laughter in. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But we said something that can't be repeated. Yeah, we did. But uh, <laughs> now let's talk about the story. So it's time to discuss how the story goes. I know it can't be worse than Oliver and Coke. Or can it? Do you know, Chris, like we were saying on the previous version of this, that so Lucy's like, come on, can we get on with this? But um, I listen to this show uh, when it comes out and I really enjoy the jingles. Um, uh, Lucy doesn't listen to it quite so much, so she's so she's been treated to them today. But it's nice to listen to the jingles together because then it hit me just how funny the line it, uh, it can't be worse than <laughs> Oliver and Co is, and I laughed out loud just then. And I don't normally laugh at that point. Oh my word! I do like doing these jingles. I haven't recorded any for ages. <laughs> Someone said do less, so I stopped doing them. Do you know what we didn't talk about? Which we um, we usually do before we uh, introduce the story mm. is what our preconceptions were, what we thought <gasps> about, what we thought going in. Oh, expectations. <laughs> expectations. Yeah. Expectations. That's you correct. Yes. What have you got? Well, I mean, I'd only really watched two trailers for this. Mm-hmm. I Cor- think correct. We did actually um, <laughs> record a reaction to one of the trailers. And I remember my thought was, it's it's just Moana again. It's the only video you know, we've I mean, got thumbs another, down for. It's another strong female lead who goes off with a mission, something mm. going on. And so that was my expectation. And then we'll say what we got. And it, the other thing is, it was not heavily advertised. Now, somebody said this to me, and then I realised, we haven't left the house. We have, no one has left the house. So we haven't seen it on billboards. We haven't buses. seen it on the sides of buses. We haven't seen, presumably, there's McDonald's toys or I don't know, whatever else. They Trailers do. in cinemas. Trailers in cinemas. Now, it has been on the homepage of Disney+, and I have seen the trailer at the front of YouTube videos mm-hmm. and things like that, but I clicked through those pretty quickly, even when they're for Disney films. Um, so, obviously... We haven't been subject to that level of advertising and that no. does make a difference. So I think they'll struggle with the Premier Access thing because it's just not in the zeitgeist at the moment. And I mm. think that this would have been an absolute um, wallpaper the walls with it kind of advertising campaign if there'd been anywhere to put it. Mm. Yeah, and you it could wasn't. be right. Mm. Chris, I forgot to say uh, just after the kids bit that... Um... I liked how Ollie turned the tables on you and asked you what your favourite bit was. And I wanted to make it clear to the uh, listeners and the viewers that um, that wasn't staged. It sounded a bit like that. Uh, it's just that cute. I edit that bit, and as I edited it, I thought, it sounds staged. I want to point out it wasn't, and it, it really made me chuckle when it happened. Daddy, what's your favourite bit? <laughs> it really wasn't staged. He's a little yeah. sod. 
<laughs> oh, he's a cutie. I didn't have any expectations of this. I just thought, go on then. Uh, when we watched the trailer, I was like, eh. I was a bit meh about it. Mm. Uh, so I suppose that, that that was my expectation was, meh, go on then. I I thought with the trailer, a lot of the visuals, as I said at the time, a lot of the visuals felt like they were taken from Star Wars and a lot of her stories seemed like it had been taken from Rey in um, mm. Force Awakens. and, and Rey, yeah. No, Ray in Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but um, my expectation going in was this is a Disney film and there's a there's a calibre there now. We know it's going to be visually stunning and there should have been a lot of thought gone into the story and everything. So um, they have to mark, you know, I have to look for, for why it isn't the greatest film ever made. So my expectations were to, that I'm going to go and knock it down a peg or two. <laughs> mm, cool. Basically. Yeah, right. I, I didn't. I wasn't expecting much. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, okay. But my, no, my expectations are high, but because it's a Disney film, because of the studio. But my personal expectations weren't that high. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we, we're going to talk about the story and what we thought. Mm. I, I kind of I want to get under Hugh's wave of salt. So I'm going to, I'd like to go first, if that's okay. Oh, go. Because um, I want to preempt some things My I'm going to say. My planet of say. crate crust of salt. Scrape it away, <laughs> there's red underneath. Yeah. Star um, Wars reference. The worst line in this whole film, hands down, is the first one. Where she goes, I know what you're thinking. And then, I know what you're thinking. Lone Rider, dystopian world. It it doesn't fit with the hue. It's like the whole Flynn Rider bait and switch thing. Yeah. But it doesn't fit the character. It doesn't fit the tone. It doesn't fit the film. And then I felt we started to go up from there. Is it, so it, it's, I did not like that opening at all. It's almost like, somebody was dead. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Wondering how I got here. Well, stage, you know. Like. And it just doesn't fit the character. It doesn't fit anything about the film. And I... I thought that that was an incredibly bad start. And it also set me off on the foot where I'm going, chewing, my, chewing the inside of my cheek, going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. It's one of these, is it? Mm. And I was totally wrong. I loved it. Now, there were a lot of tropes in there. Um, it was a little bit Disney film by numbers. Strong female lead, sidekick, blah, 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 blah. Oh, look, here's another obstacle they have to overcome. However... I felt that every character was so worth the screen time and every character, even ones that didn't get much screen time, were in their own ways quite rounded and well-developed and you understood everybody's motivation, you understood everybody's... You you understood where they were in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, That I, I, I... Well, okay, cards on the table. I loved it. It wasn't... Without fault, and the faults that there were were being slightly predictable, but it was so well done that I didn't care. Mm. So, right. one of the things that I know that Hugh really likes is when a plot in a story could be completely avoided if they did something slightly different. And in this particular film, there's this gem, and uh, right at the beginning of the film, Raya is uh, is basically uh, told that she is now guarding the gem by her father. So she is now guarding that gem. She is 
she has to protect that from all of her enemies and his idea is to bring them all together and that's what's going to fix it. So she has a chat with someone for five minutes and who then goes, here you go, have a dragon um, necklace. And she goes, nice one. Come and have a look at this and takes her straight to the gem. What, yeah. In what world would she ever, ever do that? And that for me just kills the film. Straight away <laughs> there, done, gone. Now, yeah. if, I t- if I take that away from it, I, generally, <laughs> I enjoyed bits of this film. I found it entirely contrived. Um, the whole, you know, it, start, it started off with everything went wrong. She went, I trusted someone I shouldn't have. So you knew at the end of it, she was going to have to trust the person she didn't trust before to be able to fix everything. It, you knew it was going to happen. It was all there. Cards on the table right from the beginning. Utterly predictable. Completely avoidable. There you go. I think that's, uh, and that is the problem, is when her father kind of sacrifices himself and gets in the way of that... Um, What's it called? A droon. 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 Yeah. Um, I mean, it turns him to stone, but you know because everyone's t- uh, turned to stone that that means that they can come back. Come back. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so there's no, there are no stakes. The stakes are low. The, oh, yeah. Well, the stakes are very low. It's mm. just like you know, it's just a, a matter of when and how. But it's not like are they going to come back? You know, they're always going to come back. So at every point, you know. How everything's going to work out? Good. Can I just um, address no, no. address that for a second? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> she's been searching for six. She's lived six years without a father. She's grown up without a father. Yeah. Her, her voice for... hasn't changed one bit though. Has she it? makes that very clear as well that she wants a father. She just wants a yeah. father back. Searching for a way to undo it, and you might think, oh well, it's inevitable that eventually they'll find a way. To undo it, but when you're searching for that thing, you don't know it's inevitable. Yeah, but we didn't and live you, that. You we go, didn't live that. Going... We, we went. Oh, it's six years later, and here it is. There you go. It's the last one I've searched for, which just happens to be the, the furthest tip of the tail. Which, let's be honest, if you're looking on on a on a myth that it's gone to the furthest point of the of the river, you'd go to the furthest tip first, wouldn't you? So she wouldn't have gone across to follow the other one. She'd have gone straight there. And and but but as far as the story's concerned, we don't see all of that. We're not invested in her journey because it's happened already. It's already done. All, all the story's about is what they do after that and in, in, in trying to pull the gem back together. That's it. Mm. How old was young Ray? Because, like, you know, I was saying about a voice. A voice is exactly the same. And, like, she's like a little woman at the start. 13? Yeah. But she's too adult. Hmm. I would have said uh, 10, 11, but even then too adult as well. Yeah, it's like, come on, just at least put on a little bit of a kiddie voice. Mm. <laughs> mm. I just found that a bit jarring. What's her friend's deal as well? Ooh. Not a friend. What's she called? The girl, the the other girl, the the bad girl, uh, naughty girl. Yeah, her. It, what what's her deal? Did, did she go there in, with the intention of of double crossing her? And if so, how she did nothing at all to get herself into the position where she was befriending her. So if that was her plan, it was all very fortuitous, wasn't it, to mm. to get her to that point where where they trusted each each other enough in five minutes of conversation that that Raya went, oh yeah, do you know what? You're my life friend. I'm going to show you this. Yeah. Sorry, but, Namari. Namari. It, that oh. whole bit was just too. Was anyone else rushed. really really cross when all the different um, what do you call them? tribes? Not tribes, is it? Um, Cultures, yeah, just people from the different lands. Mm. When they, ooh, when they broke that egg, 
that gem, sorry. I was like, oh, oh, I was, I was so cross. Especially when um, her dad's saying, you know, how they can all come together. And someone mm. flings that arrow in his leg. Well, that, well, that, he knocks it down, doesn't he, into his leg. He does. expertly, but I was like, oh. I think you're both, I think you're both taking it like really, really literally that this thing happened. I mean, what they needed was like a metaphor for sort of fracturing society. And this is what happens when everybody's, rather than protecting something, mm. everybody wants to grasp something. And this is what happens. But you're like, well, it's not realistic that I did that. And she wouldn't have taken her in there. It's, it's not, um, that, that, that's not about realism. Know, that's vehicle. what, this is going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? Well, you just, <laughs> I think, I, well, what was the last time? I think it might have been onwards. Was it onwards? Well, I just think you two, you, you don't see the forest because you're looking at the scratch on the bark of that tree. I there. loved onward. Yeah, you did. It was me that pulled it to pieces. All right. I just said it was weekend at Bernie's. That's pretty much what I said continually when we <laughs> yeah. talked about onward. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I, I I don't think that these I I get there's plot holes I get there's plot holes the, but there often is in these the, things I mean you're talking about fantasy films for goodness sake yeah you know? no I get I get that but this isn't my main problem with it I'm just kind of just joining in I'm, I'm just supporting Chris because I'm generally slightly negative towards this there's things I enjoyed but my main problem with it is. Um, it wasn't smart, it wasn't witty, and in particular, um, Sisu's um, character, I, th- I hated the way she spoke. It was, yeah, and, it was strange. Uh, just, and just to be kind of, um, you know, a bit nasty towards Aquafina, I personally found her voice very abrasive and I didn't like it. And, and her style of character, uh, where she was, she, she kind of had a bit of sass to her. Um, and she had like a modern way of talking, but none of it was funny. So I just found the whole thing with her really it, annoying. And I just thought, if at least she was saying something funny or smart or witty uh, or clever, I, I could enjoy it. But she was just saying like modern sentences and it kept cutting back to her like we were supposed to go, ha 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 ha, she's hilarious. But she wasn't hilarious. She was it, just it was like. Uh, jumping Jack Flash era Whoopi Goldberg, but without any of the humour. That, that's okay. what that's what it felt like for me. I, I, and I her appearance as well when she was a human. But so what you're saying because actually the characterisation of the character that she was playing worked worked really well. If you liked the character, the way the way she looked and sounded was uh, the way she looked was was as um, brash as she sounded to me to me as well. I wasn't a fan of, of the, the dragon at all. I think that that came across more in the trailer. Um, the second trailer, they tried to make it seem like a, a Disney buddy movie and they, mm. they put all the zany moments in. And, and I don't think that reflects the final film particularly. I wouldn't call this a comedy. Um, there were amusing moments. And I actually thought she had quite a gentle, just likeable personality without being... To Eddie, Eddie Murphy in Mulan or anything like that. She was just... I think they I were trying to be Eddie Murphy in Mulan. She was though. a nice friend. No, she was quite wise. Yes, she was quite but, yeah, wise, that's but true. without being pious. You know, she was... A, I, I really liked her character. If the thing she said made me laugh, then I would forgive a lot. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bad with that. It's just that one... It was the key thing that was missing was some, like, some, some clever lines. She wasn't given any clever lines. It was... 
some of it was, you know, vaguely amusing, but, you know, the way she says them, but uh, nothing smart here. Her, he, he was, it was all about her trying to get get um, Raya to, to trust people, like, the whole way through, and, and every time her being knocked back, wasn't it? And that that's basically what their relationship became. But, yeah, and I, you've, I you've also get where both of you come from. But, sorry, you've go. also got the theme of she begins to lose trust in humans and she has to find that again later on. You know, when she's um, duped by the woman in Talon, mm. um, we have that moment where she's she's saying it's hard it's hard to be a human and then she has to kind of... She has to have a leap of faith herself, which is more, real, more realistic and there's more stakes there, really, than if she was, like, if she had this message and she'd come down as a deity and going, I'm going to teach you how to trust and that's my job, um, that's fine. But she had to find that within herself as well and she had to discover that and have it shaken have a faith shaken and refine it in order to take the leap of faith and then teach somebody else to do the same and i thought that that whole that whole trust story we all knew what it was like you say right from the beginning that the layer on thick but i thought that it it ebbed and flowed enough um to be realistic and and be worth the payoff at the end and the way it all came down came down to them all as a team deciding they were going to do that and that's what broke the spell. I liked it. I they, liked it a lot. They did get a little gang together, mm. didn't mm. they? That's a, uh, a trope. Getting yeah. a gang together. That's what um, a friend of ours from uni once said when we watched um, I think I think we'd watched, oh it was the second uh, it was the second Star Wars prequel and he said, he kind of rubbed his hands together and he, he, and he said, we're getting a gang together which is what he was missing from the first one. You know, you, mm. you had, like, the kind of hot-headed character and the, the sage-wise guy, but still a bit, you know, young to be a master. And, the, you know, the the the, the sort of intelligent, go-getting senator woman. And that that, that was what the, this was. You know, you had, like, uh, the big um, sort of guy who actually had a heart of gold. You know, the guy with the eye patch, can't remember his name. And, you know, Dak, well, straight out of tangled. basically... Well, yeah. no, I thought he was straight mm. out of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, okay, personality yeah, yeah. was very much like Dax, wasn't it? Drax, yeah. Drax. Do you know who I did like? Boone, the kid with the the boat. Yeah. He was funny. Tong. Sorry. Yeah, Tong's the other guy. Mm. Uh, but I, I found Boone very, very humorous in the way mm. he moved. There was a, there was a, like a, that little cocky kid character. Was, uh, there was something about that that I, was amusing. Did you like the baby and the monkeys? Oh, I love the babies and the monkeys. They had some of the most outright funny bits and they were very, very small, very small bits that were mm. so funny. Like when he, she throws her nappy at her and for a split second you see a, a little bear bum bum until one of the monkeys throws an extra pair of pants and she puts them on as she's running. Little things like that. And the way that she uh, still moved like a baby, even when she was doing gymnastics, you know, she started to swing her hips when she walked. Mm. Fantastic character. Quite a, un a novel character. Um, yeah. With the, with the monkeys. Liked it a lot. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I've just seen in my notes, uh, one of the, the lines in particular that makes me say this about it not being sort of, you know smart writing is when she goes to face her adversary you know she's like you get out of here I'll, I'll I, I you know I know ways of keeping them occupied and she goes before the gate opens she says um note to self don't die 
And, come on, that needed a rewrite. It's, mm. It was just yeah. such a nothing line. Anyway. Um, it, it's funny, isn't it, watching things like... Think films like this, which are modern films, but the fact that the the language has to be modern as well for it to appeal to young kids. And so, mm. for, for me, I feel like there's a there's a lot in the writing and the dialogue where they they're using things because I'm old now that that I don't relate to, but I, that I feel are unrelatable, particularly within like whatever the period is and everything. It doesn't feel like some of the some of the ways they talk are, are right. Can for, I get? get something off my chest for the last 10 years of Disney films. I was always taught that saying what was rude. What? Wait, what? Is rude. What? And now, yeah, wait, what? And they're doing it all the time. Well, mm-hmm. I can't school that to Bonnie now. There's no that that horse has bolted. I can't start telling her it's rude to say what because that's, you know, it's as common as saying hello these days, isn't it? What? What? And it's just so rude and it really annoys me. And it's always these kind of girl characters as well that I'm like so crass anyway do you know what I think really I did enjoy it, it I enjoyed it enough it was it was all right it, it, I don't want to say it passed the time it was but it was maybe better than past the time but mm. it, it felt like it wasn't rounded enough for me I like the idea of the story I like the idea of, of the trust being being at the heart of it but like what you said before Lucy about the dragon and and uh, that whole journey that she went on, I don't think that was rounded enough. You you saw that. I I I didn't see that. And not not in not in the way that you're saying. C- certainly not to a point where I could speak passionately about it. I I just think that there were some nice ideas here that weren't weren't executed as well as they could have been. Alan Tudyk is tuk tuk. Mm. You know Alan Tudyk. I do. He's like the new. Uh, well, he's he's, he's, he's the new Frank. rocker. <laughs> he's, not, he's not not quite up to the you know, that, but I suppose in this role he is playing uh, also the voice of K2SO. Mm. Um, this is when I do my uh, K2SO impression, and he goes, "Did you know that wasn't me?" Uh, and also, he he was. Uh, do you know who else he was in Wreck It Ralph? King Candy. Oh, was he? King Candy. Yes, yeah, so ah. yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's an extremely versatile voice artist. I thought he was British. He was in A Knight's Tale and he was British. Uh, and he's oh, of course he was. Yeah. Second mention of... Because oh, we mentioned A Knight's Tale in the previous... Uh, we talked about WandaVision. On uh, the DLP mm. show. We talked about WandaVision, guys, if you want to uh, check out that. We did a non-spoiler, but still quite an in-depth last 20 minutes, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, Alan, so Alan, Alan uh, Tudyk. I don't know how to pronounce that exactly, but um, I, do, I do like him. So Is it Tudyk? I don't know. That's what I, I thought it was. But um, So it's good to see him. <clears throat> uh, it's good to see him. Yeah, do you know what? Um, very Sandra, simplistic of me to say, but I did enjoy the collecting of powers as they went along. Mm. You know, mm. each time. Although she got the shape shifting into a human pretty soon, I thought. Um, I'm glad she did. I'm pre- glad she did. She, I pref- we needed I preferred, that. I preferred her as a human. Yeah, I, I did. didn't understand the the um, the weather bit and the what. Like when she suddenly started not flying but like walking in the sky. Because when all the other dragons appeared later on, they could all do it. But the implication mm. was that she picked this power up because of the things. That that in itself was a little bit strange. No, no, to me. no. They uh, said, oh, it's my brother that makes it rain. And so she got her brother's power and she made uh, it rain. And then she could walk on, walk the, rain on the rain. Walk on the rain, right. A, but it was right, making so, it rain. So the dragons can't got... fly unless her brother's around. Or unless her brother makes no. it rain. 
No, they can't fly. They jump from raindrop to raindrop. No, that's, yeah, sorry, yeah, that's, that's what I mean there. Unless her brother's about, they can't do it. Yeah, unless it's raining. Yeah, that, that's, what, just, that's what confused that's me about it a bit, a little bit. Right. Um, mm. Oh, what was I going to say? I've, I've forgotten. It was more relevant than that, whatever it was. <laughs> don't know. Um, yeah. One, you see, I'm being pedantic and picking holes now. Um, but one thing at the end. It's funny. Um, Join us. Everyone, it, it's because it's like end, end game and being <clears> undust, <throat> undusted. Was there ever a name given to being undusted? Reassembled. <laughs> Dusting. Yeah. So. Those five characters we've established have all got families and um, mm. they're miles and miles and miles away from their families when the un- undusting happens and presumably their families just reappear where they were turned to stone mm-hmm. and then they travel back to their place which must take a d- at least yeah. a few hours. Just in time for a dad. Not a day or so. Just in time for a dad to, to emerge from the Whose stone. leg is no all... longer injured. And they're all exactly where they left them. And particularly the parents of children, this is what's bothering me, the parents of children were not overly concerned. You know, Boone's mm. parents are stood on the docks waiting for him, going, there he is. Oh, yeah. Now, you you get turned to stone, he's next to you. You get unturned to stone, he's nowhere to be seen. He's eight years old, the boat's gone. Mobile phones. Mad was- panic. Mad panic. I don't get why everyone was so calm and why mm. everyone was back where... I suppose... I suppose uh, <laughs> just easier that way. I suppose we're meant to just assume that if this was real, they would be going, oh my God, where's Boone? Um, but, but that would be very distressing to watch like three or four scenes, one after another, of, of them going, oh my God, my baby! Where's well, my baby? At, le- <laughs> at least they'd have this this like emotional reaction when they saw each other, but it was really like... Yeah. Hi. Hi. Oh, there he is, look. The baby's oh, mum was quite pleased to see her. come back. Yeah, yeah. So that was something. <laughs> there was a bit, now, I, I could tell Lucy was a bit more invested in this than me, because when the girl um, went to get the gem, mm. you know, when Rhea took it straight to it, uh, Lucy went, knew it! So <laughs> she was invested. Although I, I said that uh, just before... Well, just after uh, he, uh, I can't that, remember which bit you're on about. When, I remember saying it. When it turns out that she's actually evil, you went knew it. Oh yeah. And I did the same actually when someone shot an arrow at um, Ray's dad. I went knew it, but that's just because you felt the rhythm that, of. It, that was like know, five minutes like, too late then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it only <already> happened. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, that the the nemesis the nemesis. Um, ooh, banging these. I was going to do that. Lucy's ears fell off, listeners. That's that's the nemesis. <laughs> you know who I mean. Um, oh, sorry, her Mickey, her, her mini ears, not her actual ears. Uh, do you want to describe the colour of them? <laughs> black. <laughs> Go on, she sorry, Lucy. Was, uh, she was again, as they often are, unnecessarily evil. Now, I actually quite liked her arc towards the end, mm. but you know, like. Just when she took the stone at the beginning, the bit where I went, knew it. It's, um, you know, when the characters have that real sudden connection and trust, you know it's fake. When they hate each other to begin with, you know mm. they're going to end up friends. When, the, when they're friends to start with, you know they're going to end up hating each other. But why was it fake? Anyway. I, I, you see, you're taking me back into the bit that made me dislike this film because that whole 
but it didn't make any sense. She came down and went, does anybody want some food? And someone went, me. And they went, no, not you. And then her mum went, go on then, dear, go on, you, you go. So they go and sit mm. down and have a nice little chat with each other and they're being all lovely and nice. So if it was part of her plan, if it, if it was part of Fang's plan to get the daughters talking to each other so, so that, you know, because daughters are uh, gullible, she'd suddenly decide to take her to see the thing and she just happened to have a flare in her pocket to be able to set off so that they could all... Uh, so that the people who weren't at the party but were somewhere else nearby were able to run up there straight away. It all just seems a little right. bit over-elaborate. I, I can't argue against you, Chris, but then you could also go back to things like Snow White and go, oh, right, so a stepmother just happened to be looking out the window that time and then know the spell to do that, and she, and, and she happened to have a servant who was happy to take her to woods, but he couldn't do it. Oh, that's very convenient. It's like these are fairy tales, you know? Mm. I can't, I, I, I can't reason out of it particularly. I totally agree with you. And I it occurred to me as well. It did occur to me as well, but you can't. Should we, uh, we've actually spent a long time okay. talking about this so far. Mm. I want to go first. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a good film. It doesn't, it's not going to stay with me as long as some of the stories did. Uh, I like it for the reasons I will go into shortly. I'm going to give it an eight. Mm, uh, right. I overall, it was a nice epic tale. Um, there's enough to look at and enjoy. I'd, I'd certainly watch it again, again, again. So watched it twice already, uh, but not remotely smart or surprising. So I'm gonna give it a six. What do you give it? An eight. An eight. Um, we put it on again this morning, and about 15 minutes in, I thought I've seen this. I'm not bothered about it, and I think that pretty much sums up how I felt about the film. I'm not bothered about it. I've given it a six as well. There you go. Okay. Shall I press the animation jingle? Yeah. Look at the animation hue, the characterization hue. And don't forget the background and the style. Yeah, man. <laughs> I worry about dancing because uh, when we do video, uh, we're often slightly out of sync. Yeah, there's latency, yeah. It'd be much better mm. when we're back together in the same room again, you know, but in I want June or July. I know that I have very good rhythm. So if I'm off... The rhythm, it's, you know, technical difficulties. I'm naturally uncoordinated, but that's not a problem. <laughs> Animation. Right. Do you know, as much as I disliked the performance, Sisu as a human <clears throat> was so well animated. <clears throat> there's like, there's even a bit where she goes, like, I know you said about the word what, but there's a bit where she's kind of like, uh, I don't know, she's buying time or something. I don't know, she, she goes, what? Like that. I, th I think when they're in that, is it Fang? She goes, what? And um, she gives herself a little double chin. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's a really, really nice touches like that. She's a very goofy character. She's really, like, enjoyable to watch, if not to listen to. Um, so, yeah, that's me kicking off the animation. Um, in general, it's just, it's, it is good animation. It's excellent, as you'd expect. Well, absolutely. I mean, the we've talked about this with, with Onward with even with Toy Story 4 which I know wasn't the greatest film but visually it's difficult to fault Pixar it's difficult to fault Disney at the moment with the way that they do things because it's just they're just stunning to look at um, when the film started I think we had some latency issues on our screen because the opening 10 minutes that the, well probably the opening 15 minutes the whole the whole bit when she's younger it didn't feel like it was... Like, I, I thought there were some real problems with it. It was looking like um, uh, 
like Madagascar or something like that to me, and and it was bothering me. But then as soon as she got older, it seemed to sort itself out, and and from that point on, I was quite happy. So I thought, well, I can't really um, mark it down for for you know problems with me streaming it. So so I kind of left it at that. But when I watched the opening again today, the the issue that I actually have with it is if if I had any issue at all with any of the film from an animation point of view, is how doll like she look when when she's a kid like she looks like a plastic doll and i don't like it that found it very difficult to look at it didn't they are plastic aren't they like like her dad the look of yeah. that character her dad was brilliant i loved his face i love he loved his features but he looked plasticky mm. thing is i they had to be like that because you were very, very close to the uncanny valley in this film with the with the human characters. They've got so good at them. Their expressions were so nuanced and perfect. Um, she is one of the most beautiful female characters I think they've ever produced and so real in her face structure that if they'd gone to the extent of giving her pause mm. this is what makes her look plastic if they'd given a pause and given her laughter lines and things like that it would have been you would have been deep deep in the uncanny valley and yeah. i'm really really deep glad in the valley. really glad that they held back um and i noticed that and the same with some of the um surfaces as well the the smoke simulations oh, and, smoke. and the Ooh. water simulations oh. The, it was just it's... so sumptuous. And then there was one point when she jumped off Tuk Tuk and she, she hit what looked like a um, a FIMO gra- a polymer clay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a polymer clay uh, surface. And I was glad. I was glad to see that they hadn't... Because otherwise, you're very close to it being Lion King, mm. the inferior well, Lion King. Do you know what? One of the things that, that they have done, and I noticed it probably... First in in Frozen Two, I know I'm sure they've done it before then, but they definitely over exaggerate movements. So you get a lot of kind of of, of the mouth, sorry, because um, you get a lot of like sideways movements of the jaw and stuff. And I know people do talk, in, you know, some people do talk in that kind of way, and you do get movement of, of the mouth that's a little bit maybe strange to look at. But I do think they accentuate things. Accentuate is that the right word? Exaggerate, exaggerate. Um, yeah. Think things in in when people speak and it. You know, specifically for that reason, because it doesn't, it, it takes that realism away a little bit, so it's not, mm. you know, too much to look at. Here's some things I liked. The lighting is some of the best lighting I've ever seen. Mm. The set pieces in general were were good. The locations were good. The set pieces were impressive. Here's some things I didn't like. Tuk Tuk's eyes, because <laughs> the bigger he got, like he still had these big cartoon eyes. Yeah, when I think more more animal eyes would would have been more appropriate. He just and it, like it's all right when he's little, but when he's massive, those those eyes didn't didn't suit him. Um, and the hair was often too light. Mm. The hair simulation uh, in, was, in 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 weight. Yeah, yeah, it, light in weight. It was far too light. It moved. It didn't. It didn't have enough weight to it. It was too too like it just looked like there was nothing to it. Like it was. Like a like a veil of um, silk, something like that. Again, I'm going to defend them because of the well, what we said about the uncanny valley thing, and and 
they've got to keep the Disney brand and that kind of, you know, the long flowing hair. It's it's part character animation is the hair. And I know what you're saying, but it's not the same as doing SFX animation, is it? Where you're no. trying to make it indistinguishable from the stuntman. Um, they're getting a lot of personality. And the characters I can think of who've got memorable hair had a lot of personality in the hair. If The, the two women with the undercuts... Mm. Who look like Void from Incredibles 2. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that hair is too light. Okay. Trust me, watch it again. All right. Okay. Takes you out takes you out of it. You go, oh, hmm. I a bit heavy handed there on the, the lightness. It is an absolute tragedy. An absolute tragedy that this wasn't in cinemas. And when cinemas open, which if we stick to the UK roadmap should only be about or is it so nine weeks away? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that some cinemas will rerun this and I will go watch it, probably on my own, probably on a Tuesday <laughs> morning or something, because I, I can do that with my job. Um, but I, I really think it's so epic in scale. The yeah, o- I agree opening with that. shot with the depth of focus, the landscapes are created. Now, you compared it to um, Toy Story 4 and on uh, onward which we agreed are just they're at the epitome of computer animation and you can't get any better we agree that but this was a cut above for me this was a real cut above because of the way that they used things like light and water and smoke not just realistically but artistically the way that mm. they used it the way that they used um Colour, particularly sort of neons and black-like light-esque colours when they got to Talon, um, was just mesmerising. And um, all the way that they, they used the, the hair and the fur on the dragons, this was next level. But also what took it... it I, I'd compare it more to Coco than I would the other two that you mentioned. OK, yeah. Because they had that kind of impact with the art direction, not just the animation, the mm-hmm. art direction. But what took it a cut above, and why I was keen to mention earlier on that it was a music video director, was the framing and some of the shots that they chose to use and some of the camera pans, because a lot of the time it would be... There's um, camera movements you can do in animation that you've can't really do in live action or if you can they're too much trouble Mm. um but they use a lot of um what would be live action camera angles and shots and decisions um a lot of square framing at certain times there's a lot of uh, like a lot of impact stuntmen style fighting like we watch Mm. corridor crew uh stunt uh, uh, stuntmen react videos and uh it felt like that like um it felt like it was choreographed well it will have been choreographed by stunt fighters and it was it was more of like it was a, probably rotoscoped with stunt fighters. It was more of an action film, wasn't it? I should say motion captured these mm. days. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I I cannot I cannot um, pick a single hole in the visual aspect of this film. And I am aware that it is way stronger than the story aspect. And I think I'm going to come back to this film for the visual aspect. But you know that I've always used as my benchmark. Um, would I put frames from this film on my wall as art? I don't think there's a frame in this film I wouldn't put on my wall as art. Honestly. Interesting. And character design, um, just, just uh, the landscapes are fantastic. I wasn't keen on the... Um, 
what what if we decide the name was Namia? No. Naima, I've got this one. So Namari and her mum, um, just because she looked like Void and. I, I just wasn't a fan mm-hmm. of that, but I can't fault it artistically. I'm just saying I wouldn't have a photo on my wall. Everything else was just immaculate. I tell you what, though, right? Disney are good at doing water, aren't they? Aren't they bloody good yeah. at doing water? The, <laughs> I, the, do you know what? The, the way the water what, turns round. When and we goes, watched this, I thought Chris is going to have something to say about his water. Oh, man. The the bit when, when she um, brings uh, Sisu back, I'm going to say that, that's what she did, kind of. That when uh, Tuk Tuk's having a drink of the water and and it just suddenly stops and go and then start and all the bubbles float because that's the other thing they do great is bubbles. Look at those bubbles mm. are just absolutely fantastic. Just loved all of that. And yes, I did have something to say about water. <laughs> just just love it. Well, yeah, I, I noted the water was excellent. Mm. But did you see the criticism of the uh, character design of Sisu? Um, mm. I think there was like. Some earlier concepts uh, that were a bit more traditional looking, and then when the face was revealed not so long ago, people were like, God, "I didn't realize." Was well, <clears throat> maybe I did actually realize. Uh, there's this criticism of the characters all starting to look like Elsa, and then they were like, "Oh well, at least we've got this dragon." Oh no, now they've got a new version, and the dragon looks like Elsa, and people were eyes. fuming. Yeah, they were so cross. Hmm. No, yeah, I, haven't seen that, at, but. I just wondered if you'd heard, heard, you know, heard that. But I'm looking at a picture of her now, and yeah, she does look like Elsa. I, I take that point. It's, it's the eyes, isn't it? It's, the, it's, yeah. it's these. Um, I can't. I don't even know what you call the shape, but it, it's that kind of. It's it's. The it's almost like a rhombus, but like a, with rounded edges, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sort of shape yeah. to it, 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 and it seems to be a, a standard way of doing it at the moment. What did you think to the? Um, Sort of Southeast Asian setting. I generally I loved it. I, honestly, the, I thought visually, I, I'm, I'm I can't really pick fault in it either. You know, I, I think the the settings, the different um, because they visit all these different places and they're all they've all got their own style and their own you know um, their own culture to them. It means you're getting proper big scenes what you said about it being epic is it it's that's exactly what it is you know this is this is like a full land and you go into all these different places and every single one of them has is unique and and mm-hmm. that is just brilliant like to to go to that level it's not it's not a two setting film it's not like oh let's you know we're going to be in in arendelle and then we're going to go up into the woods and mm-hmm. you know there's, there's a lot more to it than that and you know you're and right it's just it's stunning animators visited laos cambodia thailand vietnam indonesia um holiday in designing it but i mean (laughs) that's a a huge variety of uh countries Mm -hmm. quite varied um but it's a really i'm I'm glad to see that area of the world represented i don't think we've seen anything there before we've seen sort of northeast asia before Mm. um Absolutely amazing. And my first thought was, I really want to see this, this, in a Disney park somewhere. Because... (laughs) I was going to say, I really want to see this in real life and go to these wonderful exotic places. And you're like, I want to see this in a Disney park. (laughs) I don't want to I reckon Vegas could do a really good casino of it. (laughs) I want to see a fantasy approximation of this. But what I was thinking is that Disney Park. Well, we only we go to Disney Parks on holiday. Disney Parks are so good at doing foliage. 
correct <laughs> foliage. To you know, they get the, the right the right plants in the right areas for mm. what they're doing, and I just think they would do an absolutely stunning version of this. Mm. In fact, I would like to see a sort of Cambodian style hotel if they're going to build another. Oh hotel. yeah, I'd be down with that. Wouldn't that be good? Like yeah. Maybe keep the Raya aspect maybe like in the background, but just a Cambodian like style hotel would be lovely. Mm. Mm. Um, what is Tuk Tuk? What is Tuk Tuk? What is he? I don't know. He's a fantasy something. Because he's like, mm. he's, he's furry and cute, but he's also like a, a woodlouse, which isn't furry and cute at all. Yeah, he's like a kind of an armadillo type of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, not, armadillo, not yeah. Right, that's, is it? Yeah. Just wondered. There you go. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to see if it says, but it doesn't. Should we score it? Yeah, let's score it. Um, Is it 30? Who kicked it off last time? I did. Uh, right, I'll kick it off then. It's not 30 because I've subtracted... I, I can't give it the 100% because it's not perfect for me. Like I say, wasn't pleased with his eyes. The hair was... Lucy, this is my opinion. <laughs> and I am an animator. So, you know, I look out for these things. It's a nine. Decent. Decent score, but it's certainly not perfect. And a few things detracted for me. So you can roll your eyes all you want. Listeners, she's rolling her eyes. Okay. <laughs> right, so... I've given it a nine as well, so it wasn't going to be a 30. Oh, Christopher. <laughs> I, just think, I just think you're wrong. Oh, in you which case, it... I'll give it a 10. Give it a 10. It's if like it's Pavar- Pavarotti and going, mm, a bit pitchy. What? Sorry, give it a though, nine if you want, Chris. <laughs> What'll it be? No, I'm, giving it, I'm giving it a nine. I'm giving it a nine. Okay, good. She was too doll-like and, and didn't like it. <laughs> okay, I'm giving it a 12 to Seven. make up for you two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lucy hated it, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. Right. <laughs> okay. Music? Music by James Newton Howard. Hang on. Any whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. We are going to talk about the music. Rate the songs and score the incidental bits. Go on then. Music scored by James Newton Howard, who is um, hot stuff in uh, in Hollywood at the moment. He did um, the Peter Pan one that was sort of in the the mid-noughties. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's done a lot. He's done a lot. So what did we think? It's all right. Um, yeah, it was it was fine. There's only one standout bit of music for me, and that was towards the end. And uh, I think it's just after... Oh, it says they're uh, turning from stone back into not stone. Mm. Um, there was a kind of a, a tune there that... Almost sounded a bit eighties. It was almost like the montage in uh, Mulan for us for a moment there. You know, you know that one that's like, um, how's it go? Haircut. Yeah, the haircut do, music. It's a bit mm. like that, and and then that just made me think like I wanted more of that. I wanted more of this sort of like eighties fantasy epic vibe to it. Uh, the rest of it, I didn't really notice it, and that's literally all I've got to say about it. I'm afraid there was. There was like bits that felt almost westerny at times in it, but with an oriental feel to it, which kind of reminiscent of Mandalorian, but not as good as it. That's kind of all I took from any of it. Nothing that really stuck out to me. Um, It felt a bit like with all the fantasy 
they were maybe missing a trick not making it a musical. Um, but at the same time, I guess with the subject matter and stuff, it probably wouldn't quite have worked. Maybe not even a musical, just having some kind of like musical set piece. Bill Collins. <laughs> <laughs> We're on our way on a tuk tuk's back. I think when. We'll find us gems and we will not look back. I think when you're looking at just pure scars and you don't have a musical to, to work with, um, it, what we really want is John Williams all mm-hmm. the time. Is yeah. We want those kind of hummable, hummable themes and you know motifs that come back. And I agree it wasn't overly memorable. I did make an effort to listen to it, particularly the second time, and there's some really good use of... Um, Oriental instruments and that's a buzzword, isn't it? Oriental East Asian instruments mm. um, and and themes at times. But the reason I'm quite familiar with James Newton Howard is because we've we've used him um, at work, and it's the Peter Pan soundtrack that I've used. And I pricked my ears at one point because I thought I heard it, and I was like, oh. and. It was very recognisable as the same composer. Now, for two films with so many years between them and so totally different in subject, they shouldn't be recognisable, really. Mind you, Mm. having said that, I just used John Williams as an example. And how many people can't get from Star Wars to Indiana Jones in um, in two verses? Indiana? Indiana Jones. (laughs) Did, did you like the way when I did that Phil Collins um, ad lib that I rhymed back with back? Yeah, no, that that was the kind of thing that that uh, he would have done. <laughs> um, so, for me, um, I was all right with the music until we got to the credits at the end, and then I yeah. just kind of, mm. what the hell? Why? Why are you there's doing always, this? There's always that song, isn't there? Like. It kicks it off. Except Entangled, which has got a really cracking song. Yeah. Well, the, credits, the credit music does get better. I don't know if you found that. Um, I, but I didn't... I, um, no, I didn't find that. I mean, we watched the credits for a while and then gave up on them after a bit. But, um, yeah, some of them do it all right. I mean, Frozen 2 mm-hmm. had the the version of Into the Unknown from <sighs> Panic! at the Disco, which is pretty awesome. The Wreck-It Ralph... Uh, no, Ralph, Ralph Wrecks the Internet. Um I know it's not called that, but I know you wanted to be called that. Um, as that Imagine Dragon song, which is kind of upbeat and, and fun, makes you feel like you've been on a good journey. This just had a bit of uh Well, well, I knocked two points off because of it. Let's just put it that way. Because I, I just thought, no, I'm not having it. It, <laughs> it wasn't... I mean, Disney, Disney movies are big cheese and they've got big budgets and you'd think they'd be able to get a hit single out of their end credits do you know what I mean you'd think mm. they'd be able to find somebody who's yeah, I just, yeah. It, it wasn't an offensive song though I've it's heard these kids with the young music credits. I just I can't be doing with it maybe that's it maybe we just don't get it could be yeah is that it yeah, yeah I don't really got much <laughs> to say yeah yeah go on then Chris I'm going to give it a seven. I, th- I think it was all right. It, it, you know, and I liked it, but that end credit song just killed it for me. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, seven from me. That's fine. <laughs> oh. I'm, s- I'm so disappointed. Don't be disappointed until you've heard the final score. I know the story wasn't perfect, but the animation was. 
It was perfect. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> Not saying it wasn't. <laughs> We've got a score. Go on then. Seventy-eight. Oh. Oh, oh. Not want to, I've got me I've got me rotten tomatoes up. Don't, don't matter, does it? Go on, go for it. Go on, go for it. Well, well me on the I, do you know what? I thought I didn't have long to add it up, and I normally do. <laughs> you just did it really quick. Um, the, the IMDb is very predictable, isn't it? It's gone for 7.7. Mm. It is what it is. Now, you haven't got an audience score yet for Raya and the Last Dragon, because it needs over a certain amount of reviews, and yeah. just haven't got one. But you do have 215 critics' reviews. Critics who know what they're talking about. And their average score gives it 95% from the critics. So I think they're a little closer to agreeing with moi than that. 78 is too higher than Onward. And I had... It was exactly a year since we saw Onward. uh, Because I got a reminder on Facebook today. And I will replace one of the words because I... Checked in that we'd seen it, and I just said, "That was flipping great." <laughs> it's there also one less than Soul. We liked Soul one more than we liked that. Where's Soul on this list? It's right. Oh, that's one. interesting. Seventy-nine. That's yeah. interesting. I, I would say they're sitting around the same place. I'm, I'm not. So, Lucy, you were disappointed, but that's a very respectable, if Mm. not slightly average score. It is respectable. I'm just looking down (laughs) the list, though. Respectably average. Bedknobs and Broomsticks (laughs) got 80. Now, I think that gets nostalgia points, does Bedknobs and Broomsticks. It's a classic. (laughs) It's one below Alice's, Raya. Oh, Lady and the... No, hang on. Yep, Lady and the Tramp. No, yes, it's 78. <laughs> I found one that matches. Okay. So this is as good, according to 37 Days in Street, as Lady and the Tramp. I feel like I need to re-watch um, All the films. We should onwards, do a podcast. Soul, Mulan, and this. Onward. Onward. Because um, all of those are new films that I've watched to review and then not gone back to them. Now, all the mm. other films we review, I've seen... Most of them I've seen multiple times. If you look at something like Aladdin or The Little Mermaid, yeah, you've seen yeah. it lots and lots. And I think that all of them, for me, could do with a rewatch with a little bit of space between me and it when I don't have to review well, it, I don't have to think about it. I think we kind of said that before, haven't we, as well? We said that with Frozen 2 as well. I, I reckon mm. when we get to it in in order, that that maybe when we've done Ralph Breaks the Internet, because I think that's, that was one before Frozen 2, wasn't it, that that we then maybe do a show where we talk about those two films and just see whether our views have changed about them or not and have a bit of a, an opportunity to revamp with uh, with time being the mm. great healer or whatever it is. Yeah, because I, I, I came out of uh, the um, the Rise of Skywalker loving it yeah. and then I sat with it for a while and I got more and more and more disappointed. Now, I'm a bit envious because yeah. we went with our friend Brookie, our mutual friend, and... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I went, I went, satisfied with that. And he went, really? And I was like, what? What do you mean, really? And now I'm with him. I was like, what? So I, I always, uh, I always come out like with an opinion form too quickly, and then I sit with it, and it totally changes. But I did that I... with Toy Story Four. Well, I was that that I was on the money with that one. Mm. I hated it, and still do. I declared the Last Jedi. In fact, you know what? I stand by this. Oh um, no! The last. <laughs> say it. 
No, The Last Jedi was hands down the best cinema experience I've ever had because obviously we were babysitting, me and Hugh couldn't go together. So he went in the morning so and I went... So you driver. At, <laughs> I went at night. So I went sort of after bedtime, I went on my own and I sat there on my own in the cinema and I think you get a really immersed, immersed feeling yeah, when you're yeah. on your own. And Which film? The Last Jedi. Okay. With the... the light speed through the mm. oh, through the fleet and it, it just I was so every single twist and turn everything I was so emotionally involved in it I've never had a cinema experience like it before or since it was the best experience I've had I accept it's got problems now I was I'm, I'm making this relevant because me and Bonnie had a discussion this week with it being World Book Day Mummy what's your favourite book and I said thing is with me I'm fickle and it's usually the last book I read. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I usually love that, that book. It's the last one. And I'm a little bit like that with Disney films in that when I watch something, I, it's, I, I'm so love it. It was so fantastic. It's the best Disney film ever. It should get 99. It should be at the top of the list. And then I'll need that bit of distance. But I have to say, we scored Frozen 2 very highly. Mm -hmm. And that's about 18 months ago now mm -hmm. and I actually think I stand by it I do yeah. I was thinking that my, my opinion doesn't if, if anything I'd probably score it higher than I mm. already have I, it holds mm. up it, it 91 really does. we scored it and yeah. That's, yeah, very, that's, that, very that's very high that's for up us. there that must be a top 10 or something yeah. right top 5 yeah, must like, be. Isn't it? yeah definitely um, in fact yeah what, where's the highest and also, oh, yeah. 100 <laughs> <laughs> yeah 100 it's, it's not because we haven't seen it since because Bonnie's watched it a lot yeah, as yeah. well so, a lot so more than Frozen She's watched that in the last year. Because it's a lot um, better than Frozen. It is. And it stands up. We, we just tease that because we might get the odd new listener on this because, uh, you know, because it's a, a brand new film. Um, mm. And we just tease that we have actually given a film 100. Yeah, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Yes. You have to listen to every single one and find out. And I stand by that I'll just go well. on the website and... Uh, no, look make at sure the not to look at the chart on the website. That's cheating. <laughs> I, I stand by that as a as a scar as well. Here's a clue. It was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean it was Frozen, though. No. Because he says that in... Uh, oh, Frozen wasn't it? it oh, oh, that's Frozen Adventure. Yeah. Oh, it's getting confusing now. Cry Just factor, Hugh. Cry factor it, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's cry factor. I was on a two with this. It was like nothing really, you know. I just thought, oh, that's kind of that's kind of sad. But then I did get up to a bit of a lump in the throat when, like, the families were getting back together. You know, the little baby, you know, mm, got back with mm. her mum and dad and uh, someone else. Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so got up to a three with that. Sounds like this. Oh, they were good ones. They were all right. The first one was. Nine out of ten. The other two were ten out of ten. There we go. Well, look, <laughs> I think we probably ought to wrap things up because uh, there has no has been no unicorn of shame, but we have gone over an hour. And Lucy's yawning. And Lucy's yawning. Yawn as well. <laughs> so uh, embarrassing. Um, it's a shame we don't got, don't have the unicorn of shame because people could see it. Yeah, it would have been nice. People, that. people don't get to see the unicorn of shame, which means no. we've gone over an hour. Um. But forget all these new new films and you know money being spent and all that sort of stuff on new films. We've got the wild to watch in two weeks. Is time. it the wild next? 
is it the while we've been yeah. waiting for this? I, you know, hope, I hope and pray. I have no idea what I, to expect. I hope and pray it's absolutely awful and not just boring, like, which yeah. is the worst. Well, like what film? Like in another film that we've already done to what you'd like it to be. What, have we like had been weird and that weird and... Uh, have we had anything that awful that, that we liked it? You see, Dinosaur was... Boring. That was just boring. It just, yeah, you couldn't laugh at it and take anything away from it. It was just like... I want to say Black Cauldron, maybe, but some of us kind of actually just liked it. Yeah, I watched that again this we week as well. It's great. That's the thing about Disney. It must be said, like, it either it's either amazing or it's pretty good or it's all right or it's boring. Or it's Oliver and Company. <laughs> But it's never like it's never like so bad that it's good and hilarious, is it? No. Yeah, because uh, Star Wars Hollywood special was in that, that range. Is maybe like Hocus Pocus. Yeah, which a lot of people <gasps> love, but there was a lot to sort of poke haunted fun mansion. At there. Haunted yeah. mansion was. But, but part of the reason I enjoyed that, like... that so much was because it was terrible. But I thoroughly enjoyed the terribleness of it. Do you know what? If we do High School the Musical, I imagine that would be so bad it's good. Yeah. Sorry to any high school musical fans, but I think that could be like a, a good time when we when we get round to that. Yes. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> whenever that happens. <laughs> right. You can uh I can't remember you can what can you do. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just look for thirty seven Disney Street or at thirty seven Disney Street or at thirty seven Disney underscore street. Um we're on Patreon. You can pay us a bit of money to help our the upkeep of, of the show and stuff. And uh, we sometimes give you extras and stuff. Gave some books away on there recently, actually, which is quite fun. Um, and we're on YouTube every Sunday doing the DLP show live, which is great fun. We enjoy doing that, don't we? Yes, yeah. yes, we do. Amen, brother. And yeah. every other Wednesday, we have a quiz quiz show. If you're into your Disney trivia, you can find us every other Wednesday on YouTube. And yeah, 37 Quizney Street. Against these guys. That's my favourite because I don't have to do any research. I just turn up with my lack of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and your Dory chalkboard. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's just worth seeing. Absolutely. And we'll be back in two weeks' time. We might do it on video again. Depends how this one goes, I guess, uh, as, mm. as to whether or not we continue doing this. Um, hopefully it'll go all right. So until then, we shall see you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Peace.